Welcome to the future of email. I'm Dr. Matthew Dunn, founder and CEO of Campaign Genius. We help email platforms grow by giving their customers the power of real-time visual media in their email marketing. We believe that email is the critical civil media channel today for business and commerce. This podcast features the leading innovators in email marketing. Stick around to the end. I'll reveal how you can be our next guest on the Cutting Edge podcast on the future of email. Let's go. Good afternoon. It's June 2021. This is Dr. Matthew Dunn, host of the future of email marketing. My guest today is Kevin Snow, founder and chief sales strategist at Time on Target. Hey, Kevin, welcome. Hey, Matthew, how are you doing today? Uh, No complaints, man. Where am I speaking to you? Where are you? I am about an hour north of Minneapolis in Minnesota. Well, I have a University of Minnesota stamped on my bottom from being born there. (laughs) Oh, nice. Awesome. (laughs) I like Minnesota, but uh, I don't like your skeeters. No, uh, they're not out yet, but with all the hot weather we've been having lately, they're going to be here soon. They, they, They will show up just as surely as spam in the inbox, right? Yep. That's for sure. Fill people in on uh, on time on target. I had to look up what the what the definition <laughs> of the term is, but uh, that doesn't define what the company does. Yep. So does. It, yeah, it, it does in a way. In the uh, originally, when I launched Time on Target, I actually launched it as a uh, public speaking training company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was doing a lot of speaking at the time uh, for an organization I was a member of, but then also companies were starting to bring me in to teach people, specifically their, their employees, how to network and how to sell and do all mm-hmm. that stuff. So I needed a company to so they could pay me. So I, I started Time on Target, and the whole name was about the, you know, the, it's a military reference. I'm in the military as well. And the references uh, for artillery, Time on Target is the synchronization of all your fires so they hit a target at the same time. At the same time. Right. And, and I thought, all right, that's kind of a cool name for a, uh, a, a company that's designed to help other businesses figure out how to sell more effectively so that their, all their sales efforts are achieving that goal. And that's really how I kind of got into that name. Got it. Got it. Now, you you, you yourself uh, uh, in the services you mentioned and specifically in the artillery? Uh, uh, I'm not actually artillery, so but sure. they have some cool terms. So they, they do, they do. They, uh, you throw, we've been we've been throwing stuff at high speed at each other for yep. enough decades to get it <laughs> get the specialized uh, terminology. Uh, I know from from looking at your your site and just uh, boning up a bit for our conversation that uh, you guys cover a fair range of services: CRM implementation, email marketing, and I'm going to guess just straight up sales effectiveness. Is that fair assessment? Yeah, that, that, that's really a, a good assessment of what we do. We started out, uh, I actually did a deployment after I launched Time on Target. and was doing some training and doing all that stuff. It was going great. Then I went to the Middle East and I was uh, overseas for a year and I came back and I had absolutely no clients. I had nothing in my pipeline for speaking gigs and I really had that, oh shit, now what do I do moment. Mm-hmm. Uh do I grow up and just go get a job? Do I redo something? Do I start over, do the exact same thing? And I, and I did a huge pivot for the company. And instead of me being the product with the speaking and the training, I want, I pivoted into consulting 
and going okay. into businesses to actually help them rehab or fix sales programs. Okay. And specifically looking at uh, tech firms that were that startup, second stage startup phase mm-hmm. where they had revenue, but now they're trying to scale okay. and helping them, you know, do the right things before they hired their salespeople. Mm-hmm. And so they can onboard them and they can start selling faster. And, over the years, the thing I noticed when I was working with all these clients is the one thing that they all didn't do well was sales process. None of them knew how to sell or what their process was, mm-hmm. but then integrating technology. And really? I'm the I'm a geek at heart, so I was like, "All right, we're just gonna." We kept niching down and focus start focusing on how do you use sales automation, CRMs effectively? Mm -hmm. So the salespeople are selling more and management knows what's going on. How do you use email marketing to help the salespeople close business? You know, Mm -hmm. how many, how much time do salespeople spend trying to find a piece of collateral or or some, some uh, content to send to a sales, to a client? Well, we can automate all that. So it's really helping them figure out those processes and then use the technology correctly. So it all talks right to each other and it's easy for the, the company to use, but then also helps the salespeople sell more. And that's and that's what we do now. You mentioned niching down. Like how 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 down do you niche? Are you down to a handful of specific uh platforms on the technology side that you help implement, or is it process and you're somewhat vendor neutral on the technology? Uh, I used to be really vendor neutral. I was like, I used to think that was, if you're going to be a consultant, you know, I'm, I want to come in and consult and advise and, and I would outsource all the actual execution pieces. Mm-hmm. And then the business owner in me got smart and said, well, that's dumb. You know how to do all this stuff in these systems. So now I, I partner with some specific client companies that do really good work that I like and are uh, at the right point of development for the clients I work with. Yeah. You know, Salesforce is awesome. Not so much for a small business. Yeah. It's just too much to admin. So I'm looking, I use companies like Entreport, Zoho, yeah. Pipedrive, and some yeah. other ones in that that scale okay. that work really great. Yeah. Okay. I, I'll learn other ones. I'll totally can pick up systems pretty quickly, but it's going to take longer. And I make sure the clients always understand that, Hey, it's going to take longer because I got to learn this thing that you're married to. Right. You know, or we can do this new one that works really great. and It'll be done in half the time. So, <laughs> well, I mean, there are times that vendors, you know, say they're offering te- technology vendors, say they're offering process in the box, but obviously that's not the case. You wouldn't be in business. Yep. Yeah. I, I have my preferred way to sell and that I'm sure that leaks into when I'm working with clients, but we spend a lot of time on the process side talking to their clients and both ones who bought and then also ones who said no and figuring out how they buy because everyone's going to be a little bit different. And we want to make sure that when we create a process for them, it actually flows right for who they're talking to, not just because it looks really cool on paper and I can, I can uh, implement it really quickly, increasing Mm -hmm. my profit margins. So Mm -hmm. we want, we want, you know, we want them to come back in a year and say, Oh my God, we're still using this process. It's awesome. We love it. There you go. Now, do you still work primarily with that sort of the second stage startup that you mentioned? I, I still do a lot with them, but I've also, because of the automation piece, mm-hmm. I now work with a ton of like coaches and um, people who are trying to change the business world. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they're, you know, the entrepreneur one, sh- one person shop 
type of business, but mm-hmm. they're now at the point where they need automation. They need email. They're doing courses. They're doing webinars. They right. you know, have all this stuff going on. So now I manage their, their automation for them. Oh, okay. Okay. Gotcha. That's interesting. Yeah. There are, uh, the coaching is a big business these days. Isn't yep, it? it is oh, a lot of people doing, why is that? Why do you think? Uh, I, I think it's gotten to the point where people are, especially at least in business, they understand that they aren't experts at everything mm-hmm. and that there are going to be people out there that know more than them. So, and it, it's no longer taboo to ask for help. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be very much like, well, you know, if you ask for help, you're weak. Well, no, that's not how it is in business anymore. You know, right. even the CEOs at the highest levels, they have coaches. They yeah. still have someone that mentors them and they they talk yeah. about, all right, here's what's going on. I think I really screwed this up. What should I have done? Right. They still have the exact same conversations that new business owners do just at a different scale. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that makes sense. And, and I, I, I read, I made bits of coaches pitch for their business once, but they're like, look, Tiger Woods has a coach. <laughs> Who yeah. do you think you are? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And it's, you know, and the cool thing is, and what, when I work with a lot of my clients and we're, we're talking about, you know, how either, how to grow your business, how to develop that bigger, how to scale. Mm-hmm. I always tell them you need to be surrounded by people that are that step ahead of you. Mm that you can ask questions of who have already screwed up all the stuff you're about to mm-hmm. and can either stop you from doing it or help you fix it. Right. right yeah. And, and it's, you, you got to have that board of directors in your, in your world that can tell you the stuff that you don't know where your blind spots are mm-hmm. so that you aren't just like doing, you know, the three steps forward, two steps back thing the entire time. Right. Right. That, uh, that, that makes a ton of sense on um, what's changed from your point of view in terms of sales process in the course of the last year and a half pandemic period? Uh, well, it's got a lot more virtual. <laughs> uh, there's a lot more of what we're doing right now. A lot of people are on zoom and uh, it, it, which is good and it's bad. There are, you know, there's some people who are really awesome at the zoom thing and they can do the conversations and, and manage it this, uh, just like uh, in person meetings, but there's a lot of people who can't and they hmm. uh, there, you can, you can tell when I'm in this different meetings, I can know who's all right. So who's also looking at their email, who's yeah. also taking notes on doing other stuff and who's trying to multitask. Cause they're like, Oh, well, I'm in another room. They won't know. Yeah, we know it's, it's pretty yeah. obvious when it's, yeah. when that's what you're doing. Yeah. So that's, that's a huge change, but I, for my business, because of what I do, everyone was now trying to figure out their digital footprint. Right. And they understood that, all right, so I don't have foot traffic anymore. Now, how do I get my stuff in front of everyone? Mm-hmm. How do we build an email list? I had so many people coming to me that's like, all right, I need to build an email list now. I'm like, awesome. We talked about this two years ago. You know, if you would have started then, we would have been really good position right now to do all yeah. this cool stuff. Yeah. Now yeah. we're starting at square one with a bunch of other people and you're going to have to fight through a ton of noise. Yeah. So yeah, that was a big change is everyone realizing, oh my God, I got to have digital. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no option. And I don't think any going back, um, no matter how wide the doors go open now. Yeah. That's, I think there's always going to be this hybrid now. 
And that's really what I pushed to my clients was like, hey, it's awesome. Your salespeople are out meeting with clients. You're having that face to face. But there's all this stuff that they shouldn't do that we can use to get more content in front of your clients. That's going to help them make decisions faster right. and hit that next stage. Right. And it's just people are now understanding it's like, all right, this stuff actually works. How do I how do I use it now? And how do I leverage it so yeah. that I right. can continue to scale and I have this fallback position? Lord help us if there's another another pandemic. Yeah, right, right. Well, what what do you um, you know, when you're when you're advising entrepreneurs, uh, I was going to focus in on email a bit specifically. Um email as part of a sales process, let's say. What do you find uh to be effective? How do you help them approach that? So, it it really depends on the type of business and where the touch points are really important for that decision maker. Mm-hmm. and understanding, all right, so what type of content do we need right now? Mm-hmm. So it could be, let's, you know, let's take a roofer. Person comes out and, and puts shingles on your roof. They come out and meet with you after, you know, the first meeting, they take all the measurements and everything. Well, the first email we would send out for them is the, hey, thanks for meeting with us today. It was awesome to, to find out what you got going on and take a look at your house. It's a beautiful house, blah, blah, blah. We'll always include some sort of content on, hey, here's how you pick a roofer. Right. Most homeowners don't understand how to look at one roofer and compare it to another roofer. They don't understand what a storm chaser is versus a local and why they're different and who you should talk to. So we'll give them that type of content. Here's how you make a good decision. Mm -hmm. Nice. And and give them all that information. Um, Next step in that sales process could be the proposal. So now the roofer's back. Hey, here's how much it's going to cost. Here's what we're going to use. Let's talk about types of shingles and colors and siding and all that stuff. Yeah. Our next follow-up for that would be would be testimonials. You know, here's a link to our testimonial page. Here's a testimonial from a client down the road uh, from you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so now we're doing the trust thing. They've been able, we taught them how to pick the right one. We gave them pricing. And now we gave them stuff to help them understand that we are the right one. And instead of the salesperson doing it all manually, it's all automated based right. on them fin- finishing off their, their specific meetings. So so that's that's where you start uh, taking CRM process yep. and, and marrying it to methodically designed content. Exactly. Yeah. Um, the job of managing all of that content can, <laughs> can, can be daunting. How do, you, how do you help your clients through that maze? So we have some clients who want us to come in and just build out the process and get everything started for them. And, yeah. and then they have some internal marketing people who can manage it and they're doing their content for them already. Yeah. Um, so, and then that's awesome. It's like, sweet, here you go. Uh, other clients are like, hey, can you just do this all? And really? yeah. yeah. And just, can you manage this? Cause I'm not going to do it. This isn't my thing. Uh, I want to be out on the top of a roof looking at shingles. Uh, can you help us? And then we'll do that for a lot of our clients. We'll actually do the ongoing management and help them. All right. So we have this going, it's running good. We'll work with them on their split testing. How do we tweak it? What's mm-hmm. not getting click throughs? Why not uh, adding in more segmenting so that we're sending the right content to different types of clients. Mm-hmm. So we can be really, you know, if it's uh, hail damage, we can send hail damage information. You know, we can get really specific and I just keep, and then we just keep helping them build out that campaign. Yeah. So we're getting more and more uh, ideal for what we're sending to that specific client. 
Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, do you go through the process of helping them, um, you know, persona development or in some, in some way sort of formulate what they need to know about prospects and customers? Yeah. If we're doing the full process development for them, where we're actually helping them map out stuff and figure out who we're going to talk to, mm-hmm. some of them usually have an idea of mm-hmm. it, but they haven't gone the full development route of, all right, here is our persona. It's uh it's a uh, hail damage Harry and you know, and all that, that piece. <laughs> and for, so for some of them, we need to do that because they don't understand who they sell to and they're doing the shotgun effect with their marketing. Yeah. So we help them dial it in others, you know, especially the ones who already have some in some marketing support in house that's doing some stuff for them, or they've been doing some social media ads. They already have a decent idea. Mm-hmm. So for those, it's more, helping them tweak it and figure out, all right, so how do we get more data on them? How do we help you get a better picture so that what you're doing on social media is actually more effective and it's more targeted and working through all those tech pieces with their existing marketing team. I see. I see. Yeah. Uh, It's funny you mentioned pick roofing as the, uh, you know, as as the proxy in this conversation, I had a, had an issue in my roof that I needed to have fixed a couple of years ago, call the roofing firm, we're too busy, but so-and-so used to work for us. He's gone on his own. He does repairs. My whole interaction with him, which was great, was text and a couple of phone calls. And the tail end of him you know, patching the piece of the roof, I'm you know, chatting with him as he's, as he's leaving. And he's like, yeah, I'm just you know, I'm so, so busy. He was. He was <laughs> incredibly busy, but he was so busy, he couldn't get on top of his sales and marketing to be yep. more effective and more profitable. It's like... The the threat the threshold for him for him was going to be his hours in the day on a roof period. Exactly, and that's what a lot of entrepreneurs are at. They're bootstrapping their business. They don't have you know a two million dollar funding inject yeah. to yeah. be able to hire a bunch of people to do stuff. They're getting done from their work day, yeah. getting home, having dinner, playing with the kids, you know, kissing the wife, and then jumping on the computer and say, all right, now I got to do my bookkeeping. Now I'm yeah. going to do marketing. I need yeah. to confirm calls for tomorrow. Yeah. And they're working till midnight. Yeah. And that's the cool thing with email automation and CRMs is you can do a lot of that automated. And you can figure out, all right, so what are the things that are taking up my time that I need to offload? How do we do it with systems? Right. And how do we, you know, I don't need to now confirm. We can automatically send out a text confirmation. Hey, uh, Matthew's going to be at your house tomorrow at 10 a.m. You know, right. text text or reply uh, yes for you'll be there or no to reschedule and we'll send you the link. So there's all that stuff that now they don't have to do. Yeah, which you know, uh, visit out to the house when the guy's not there is a mighty big, a mighty big waste of uh, time and money. Yeah, exactly. Or <laughs> I have one friend who does uh, paint sales right now, mm-hmm. and he he gets addresses and he gets and they're the wrong address. Oh wow! Yeah. So he gets to a house. They're like, "No, you actually want to be a street over." He's right. like, oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. you know, the, those automated tools allow you to confirm all this data and, you know, start the pre-sale piece mm-hmm. is, is huge. Yeah. 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 For efficiency, for profitability, for all of that stuff. It's interesting the way you, uh, the way you hooked text into that example. I've, I've had a number of guests on this podcast, um, talking from the text perspective, even, you know, the focus in most of our invites are about email marketing, but there's an overlap between those two yep. things. And it seems to be fairly consistently that text is more what I would call operational. I'm going to be there at two operational message. 
um, hey, do you want your roof fixed from the hail? Don't text me that. I, I don't want to. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to get that from you. I think it's a little generational too. I yeah, think you true. and I are probably in the, the the same generation, Gen X, and we, uh, you know, we communicate email. That was a cool, hot technology for us. And uh, the habit. And, and the habit, yeah. So we like getting all our stuff that way. My little sisters are millennial. They're much. They prefer texting a lot of the times. And I have some clients who do marketing through text mm-hmm. about specific events. And hey, we have this thing going up. Amazon does it for their uh, their truck, their their uh, discount oh, truck that goes around. Yeah, it's like, hey, this is for sale on the Amazon truck. Click here, find out where it's going to be in your location. I didn't know that. That's interesting. So Makes sense too. The goal is for your communications. You need to have multiple channels. Yeah. So that your prospects can pick how they want to communicate with you. Yeah. I love uh, instant chat for my online systems. If you yeah. don't have chat support, yeah. I'm probably not going to hang out with your business for a while because it annoys me to have to email and wait for you to answer. I want to chat with customer support when I'm in the system and I'm working yeah. on something yeah. and I'm frustrated. Yeah. Okay. Other people want to do, Hey, I'm happy putting in a ticket and get to me when you are at, that's how they like it. Some people want text, right. but the goal is you give them options yeah. and then they get to communicate how they want and get their uh, speed or resolution that they need. So yeah. they're happy. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm going to take what you just said and formulate and sort of paint a picture though. Um, the consumer of today, B2B, B2C, doesn't matter. Um, they're pretty specific about what they want, and it does create a bar of entry for a business to hit. I mean, the number of the number of systems and skills and facilities and, and stack of content that you just mentioned, you know, a chat, text, mm-hmm. email, managing that methodically, ideally single, single uh, customer record that all those things dot into – I, not something a roofer necessarily learned how to do. No, most most uh, most business owners haven't, and you yeah. know most business owners aren't even salespeople. Yeah. They're just really good at a thing, yeah. and they're passionate about it. Yeah, so they're able to go do it. You know that, and that's why I work with a lot of tech firms. My I cut my teeth in the sales world, selling long distance and data, so T ones, DS ones. Yeah. Uh, you know, high end data, you know, frame relay. We, I was selling the cloud in the nineties before it was actually a thing. Frame relay. Haven't heard that in years. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so, you know, they're really good business owners now that are starting these tech firms are really great technologists. They understand all that stuff, but they don't know how to sell. Yeah. And that's what happens with a lot of businesses. So, you know, that, and that's where people like me are able to come in and say, all right, so we're going to help you. We're going to help you put these processes in place. You don't have to feel overwhelmed. It's going to be easy for you. Mm -hmm. If you want us to help on the long-term, we'll totally help you on the long-term as well. But, you know, that is the benefit of the outsourcing Mm -hmm. is you can bring in the expert. You don't have to spend your five hours at night reading about how to set up a (laughs) chat bot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Do you, do you find, uh, do you find many, companies that that you say you know what no this isn't going to work for whatever reason um uh, yes somewhere we're going to start it's like well email doesn't work i'm like yes email works it has a 400 percent roi it, it's just yeah. nuts you know yeah. a dollar is going to generate you 40 dollars over the lifetime 
of yeah. the email. Yeah. So it, it's help. A lot of the time it's just education and getting them understanding. It's like, all right, here target market right now are new homeowners, mm-hmm. Gen Z millennials. This is how they communicate. Mm-hmm. They yeah. don't want you telemarketing and calling them up. They want to get a text. They want to get an instant right. messenger. They want to be on WhatsApp. Yeah. You know, they're watching TikTok. So how do we do roughing TikTok ads for you? You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's really helping them understand who their demographic is now and that it's changed. It's not, I tell one of my clients like this, all this, this all the time when we're talking about stuff, he's like, well, I won't do it that way. Like your clients aren't you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they, yeah. none of them are remotely like you. Yeah. So stop telling me you don't want to do it. It's what will they do? And he's like, yeah, yeah I know. Fine. So, but a lot of them don't understand that. They think everyone's just like them. Yeah. 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 It, it's a uh, nat- natural bias, I guess, but that's where that external point of view yep. is probably really valuable. Um, how do you yourself and your team, how do you, how do you keep up with uh, the channels and the technologies? Uh, so I, my favorite thing is getting a new client that wants me to do something that I haven't done before in right. the system. Cause right. then I get to learn. I'm like, yeah. all right, sweet. We're going to build we're yeah. going to build a shopping cart. All right. I've never done this before. So <laughs> now I get to do research. Yeah. So yeah. my, my recent step in my business is I brought on copywriters and support people. Okay. So that I could stop actually writing the emails mm-hmm. and I could really focus on the strategy and the design and all that piece. Mm-hmm. And then the support person to do the, Hey, this is spelled wrong. Can you go in and change that? Mm-hmm. So now they can do all that 10 level entry level type support now that I don't have to. So that gives me more time to do that strategy piece, but then also to learn the cool new stuff. So we stay forefront mm-hmm. and we're not using, all right, funnels are cool. Well, are they really now anymore? You know, what's the cool thing right now that everyone's talking about and, and, and really focusing on the new te- emerging technology and how we integrate it. And, you know, yeah. the, for example, Apple turning off tracking. Yeah, funny email. you should mention that. It's been, uh, it's been a subject of quite a bit of conversation in uh, yep. the email world in the last couple of days. What do you think? So I, uh, my personal opinion is I would rather get ads for things I'm remotely interested in mm-hmm. than just seeing random things pop up as ads. I'm like, why are you showing me this? You know, that was the how email marketing started was you just got random email ads for mm-hmm. things that you're like, why are you sending me this? My yeah. God, stop. Yeah. And that's what email is going to go back to with if everyone turns off that tracking piece. Yeah. But yeah. I also understand people is like, well, I don't want you knowing everything I do. Got it. I'm in the military. I know how this tracking thing works. So, yeah. but there's ways around it. You have to now get more focused on the conversion. Mm-hmm. And using that conversion at event to build your audiences. So like I had mentioned Entreport before that was one of my partners. They, the day that launched, they actually already had the ability to do that in their system and then feed into the new Facebook system. So all my clients who had been doing the the tracking just on visits, Mm -hmm. we were now able to convert them over in about less than a week. Everyone was converted over to the new system and have, the, all their conversion going on or all their audience building being based on actual conversion events. So conversion events being click to site, 
shopping yep. cart, something like they that. They actually did yeah. something where they had to opt in and give us info. And now we're all building our information off of those types of interactions as opposed to, all right, so Matthew visited this page and we have some information about him based on third-party tracking. Yeah. Now he visited this page. So we're going to target people that look like Matthew in our system. Yeah, yeah. yeah now yeah. it's people who actually do stuff. Yeah. And we're able to send that to Facebook and say, all right, we want people like these. Right. So in the long run, it should end up being actually your your fa- your uh, Facebook audiences should be better. Oh, that's an interesting perspective. I mean, it makes sense, but it's an interesting perspective. Maybe that's uh maybe that's a bit of payback for uh, uh, for Facebook for Apple <laughs> <laughs> yeah. having hamstrung them in the app world. Yeah, ex- exactly. You know, it's going to be a pain right away because you're you're uh, everyone I've talked to has seen the cost per click go up on their ads, mm-hmm. but they're starting to see the conversion rates better. So as I think as it goes, the things are going to start to even out. Yeah. Um, you're never going to have the cheap ads we did before where yeah. you could just have, you know, huge numbers, but I think you're going to get better results. So it's going to end up paying for itself. That's a good way to look at it. First party data is going to become much more a vital asset yep. as well. Yeah. And, and being effective at that, uh, that 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 capture that management that continued growth of the customer record exactly and and that's the huge part and I was that was just going through my head it's like how do you do the incremental profiling for yeah. that contact so yeah. the first one is I got your first name and your email yeah. can't do a lot with that yeah. how do I now get you to interact so you give me more stuff you know right. what what do those what does that type of polling look like and how do you do it so people are excited to give you the info yeah. so you can now do your segmenting uh, just with your info not having to pull in info from data conglomerates it it's going to I, I agree with what you're saying I do think it's going to it's going to push more of the responsibility back back to the um, to the other party in that first party transaction to the business themselves yeah. to being systematic about that or buying or uh, outsourcing the expertise to be systematic at that because you can't go to an ad network and say I want to buy everything about this this set of people they won't be able to sell it to you. Yep. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, I had a client a few years ago that that's all their business did was take data from multiple data holders Mm -hmm. and put it all together into a big data set. Mm -hmm. So people can now pull in all this third party data for their ad campaigns. And like those businesses are all just like gone, at least on the Apple side. You know, you can still do it on Android, but I don't think that's going to be far there, yeah, long there was lived. A, there was a there was a strong uh, strong hint floated at an email marketing uh, strategy call yesterday that Google and Gmail may follow suit with ha- how they handle uh, tracking pixels. Yeah, you know, for uh, for our business for Campaign Genius real time content, we, we we're doing some serious head scratching because the delivery vehicle for pixels is the delivery vehicle for real time content. So there's things we've done that we won't be able to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, you know, that's, uh, I guess that's life in the walled garden. <laughs> well, and it's, you know, it, that's the cool thing about marketing is it's not the same all the time. And we get to look for and say, all right, so, you know, video MTV, when it came out, the whole idea of video TV was 
this, oh my God, this is amazing. And, you know, anyone who had ties to that demographic of who was going to watch MTV jumped on it right away. Right. Well, now MTV is more, how many times does MTV morph that, you know, they don't even show videos anymore. Right, right. Yeah, and TV is not music TV. Exactly. And now, but now we get empty we get videos from youtube we get videos through other uh spotify is adding the video piece onto their platform now so it's you know it's really that's what's cool about what we do is we get to track all that and figure out all right so how do we use this so how does this fit in do i have a client that this would be really cool for and they could take advantage of the new thing you know tiktok you know that is huge uh the uh the apple uh voice thing uh i can't think of the name of it right now the Apple only app where it was all just people talking in a room. Oh, clubhouse clubhouse. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. that was huge. That came out just like the perfect time. Yeah. Everyone's stuck at home and wanting to interact with people that they couldn't interact with. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, it's all those little fun things that it's, that's cool. It's like, ah, oh, sweet. I have a new toy to play with. How do we do this? You know, <laughs> there, uh, there's a degree of fatigue that I find myself thinking about um fatigue being people going i have enough passwords logons memberships identities addresses etc um i i saw a question on i think on reddit the other day and someone was like i think i'm gonna launch a social network around this topic and i'm like no you're not <laughs> right we're because we're all up to here with those things it takes yep. a, it takes a lot of firepower or luck for a clubhouse to break through, and that may have been short-lived meteor. We'll see. Uh, TikTok, you know, great engineering, found a sweet spot. Um, but it's not like you can name off dozens now of things that people will sign up, concentrate on, spend time and in, invest themselves in, etc. My response to the guy on Reddit was, social networks are not a, built around topics. They're built around people. And yep. I've got enough of them. Thank you. Yeah, it's... I, I tend to agree with you. I, I, it's because I've been on all the tertiary fringe social media ones, Clapper, and you know all those MeWe or MeWay, however you pronounce it, and they're okay. But it's you know it's there's nothing new about them that makes me I was like I want to be on here all yeah, the time, all the time, yeah. And for someone to come into the market with the social media platform that's going to disrupt the market. There has to be something new. Yeah, there has to be something cool that people are like, oh my God, I've never seen this before. Yeah. And everyone runs to it. Yeah. And, and I don't know what that is right now. Yeah. Arguably, club, club, I mean, if it, it, one answer is it's about the stuff you leave out, right? Snapchat said, we'll leave out the ability to save things. Um, yep. And then they got imitated. Clubhouse said, we'll leave out looking at stuff. It's audio only, like, okay, and it's live. Okay. That's kind of, that's kind of interesting. But, there's there, there's only a finite number of those just yep. in terms of how we function as human beings. So um, I suspect I suspect we'll poke down all those alleys and then we'll have dominance in each of those niches or maybe duopolies or so or just a handful of companies. And that'll 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 kind of be that. Yeah, I, I think so. There's you know, Clubhouse was awesome when everyone was sitting at home. And it yeah. was a way to have conversations and interact without yeah. taking up real estate on your screen yeah. because you didn't have Zoom open. Yeah, yeah. Well, now now what happens when everyone is back out and about and driving and doing stuff yeah. and you have like real people you can interact with <laughs> on a regular basis? Are people still going to go to clubhouses much? <laughs> the, new, the new social network, it's called a beer garden. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
<laughs> which to be truthful after <laughs> after a year and a half of this isolation crap i can't wait to go to a brewery <laughs> our yeah our uh the minnesota state fair you're from here so you know huge state fair they did a kickoff summary event uh over uh memorial day weekend yeah and it was sold out record numbers i'm sure record numbers of people they brought in like their other top number their top food vendors they brought in some people to you know sell state ferry stuff they had a couple other like the big slide and a few things open but it was literally just people getting out and being able to eat food on a stick and drink yeah. beer yeah. and actually interact with people interact and, with each know, other yeah yeah all the tickets sold out and it yeah. was it was everyone was smiling and happy and it was awesome yeah yeah, so, yeah. uh, uh I was just on a panel discussion about video and email this morning, which I want to chat with you about. But uh, the 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 long running conference, the uh, oh, I'm blanking on the name Festival of Email that Andrew and Nellie Bonner put on. Um, they had a live session, and they, I think they felt that they might have felt Andrew will have to say they might have felt they were going a bit out on a limb and having a live segment to open it in Miami. This is the beginning of or end of last week. Sold out instantly. Yeah. Like people are like, no, I'm ready to get on a plane and get to Miami. And it wasn't it wasn't hundreds because that would have been irresponsible. But the seats that they did have available got snapped up super fast. Yep. Yeah, yeah we a- did. Uh, my one of my clients, we launched in last March, a virtual networking organization called Success Champions Networking. And we had originally planned we were going to do a summit event in April. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was supposed to be live. It was going to be in Dallas, Fort Worth area. But obviously, everything started locking down in March. We're like, well, this is now off. Yeah. We actually still held it in October uh-huh. with a live and a virtual version. So we did a hybrid event. Mm-hmm. We sold out the live event. We had, you know, 100 people show up wow. in in a uh, uh, hotel conference room, big wow. one of the big ballrooms. Yeah. And people were like, hell yeah, we, we're, we're, granted, this is Texas, but they're like, yeah, we're tired of being at all. We're, we're definitely doing this. We're doing the live thing. So, yeah. 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 It was granted, awesome. This, granted, this is in Texas. <laughs> yeah, that would not have, I would not have been able to do that if I held it in Minnesota. People sure. would have, I probably yeah. would have had protesters, but Texas, are like, yeah, we're going to, let's go do this thing. And yeah. 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 Well, we'll, we'll start re- restructuring the rules, uh, rules and expectations, um, as, as, yep. you know, as we're, as we're, you know, emerging and balancing the need to reconnect live, the need to yep. be there live. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love zoom and the virtual thing because now I do not have to drive to meetings. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Mm-hmm. But there are, there is a lot of positives about, the real person to person being able to shake someone's hands and yes. interact and, and read body language much better. Yeah. I, was just, I just had that conversation with my, my wife last night about the handshake. I said, you know, I, I think the handshake come back and, and she was more on the cautious and well, I don't know. It's actually, you know, it's not never been great from a healthcare perspective. And I said, I don't really care. <laughs> yeah. Like I really don't care. I know something about someone much differently from that moment of contact, then I, then I, like, you can't get that on Zoom, and you can't get that from bumping elbows. Sorry. And and we're a, we're a tribal species. Yeah. Our, you know, we did not grow up as lone humans wandering around. We're always in tribes. Yeah. So that interaction and, and shaking hands yeah. and hugging and everything yeah. is yeah. is key to our our just our mental psyche. Yeah. Let alone our ability to uh, to communicate. So. Yeah. 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 C- communicate, connect, all that other stuff. Yeah. We're we are we are wired to be together. Um. And I think we're all pretty much fed up with not. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> you know, it was funny at the beginning of everything, the memes were coming out and I'm a high C on the disc profile. So I'm, I'm the introvert, leave me alone and I'll recharge and I'll, then I can go on people more. Mm-hmm. But all the memes are like, all right, introverts, go check on your extrovert friends. They're not doing so well right now. That is ab- that is absolutely, and, and I, I don't think I've done that profile, but I'm pretty sure I recharge just fine by myself, but my extrovert friends were going bananas. Yeah, totally. Bananas. I had friends like, all right, so we're going to have a Zoom happy hour. I'm like, a what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to have a bunch of us jump on Zoom and, and we're going to drink beer together. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. can be alone and socialize. Awesome. I'm in. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 a pallid substitute at best. We try to feel those uh, exhausting in a peculiar way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, just like, okay, it was nice to see everybody, but my head hurts and I'm tired of staring at the little squidgy heads on the screen. And yeah, <laughs> not the same. <laughs> no, totally. I, I completely agree. So. Yeah. Oh, you know, like, oh, 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 well, what you get, what you going to do? We had, to, we had to adapt. We dodged uh, an artillery shell slash bullet. <laughs> if this had happened, even five years earlier, the infrastructure for making the rapid shift to digital wasn't ready. We lucked no. out. We really lucked out. Yeah, there was there, no one was using video or doing any of the digital pieces the way they were. No. So, or way they are now. So, no. yeah, it would not have transitioned well. Yeah. The, you know, cloud was just, cloud was, you know, just starting to form on the horizon, so to speak. I mean, I know it's been around for a while, but the, you know, the maturity, levels were such that video file storage collaboration that they keep going down the list. You're like, well, we thought it was going to take us two years, but we did it in two weeks and guess what? We made it work. Yep. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what, uh, what next on the horizon for time on target? Where are you taking the company? Uh, I want to continue to scale. So, you know, the next step is going to be, uh, you know, full-time employees mm-hmm. that are actually doing, working with clients. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not just contracting out the support piece or the, the copywriting. They're now, you know, full-time and doing stuff. And, wow. and, and that's, so that's going to be the next big step. Cause I want to be able to focus more on the business development piece. Mm-hmm. And obviously the scale, I need more revenue. So I need to sell more. Mm-hmm. Can't do that if I'm doing the cool stuff that I started the business to do. Now you got to eat your own dog food. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And, and, you know, so my company is scaling, the the virtual networking thing is scaling. So we're at that point now where I'm going to start bringing on full-time people and figure out how to pay them uh, so that I can keep growing and keep this going and and help people. So, right. Right. Well, that's uh, your timing's good. Yep. Yeah. I think there'll be, uh, I think there'll be plenty of appetite and, you know, obviously you, you know more than a bit about how to help yourself scale. So that'll be a, it'll be an interesting challenge. You'll have to, you yourself will have to go, no, can't, right. Got to stay out yep. of that particular piece of it. Yeah. And that's the, that's been my biggest thing. It's like, do I really want other people touching these things? I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I don't, but I need to. And yeah. I need to have these people doing this. So I'm not. And that, that is totally the biggest challenge for any entrepreneur is, letting go of things yeah yeah and, no, and trusting I, I, trusting I, that it'll turn out okay yeah no i would uh, as you know as an as a fellow entrepreneur i i i would agree there's there's stuff that i know i will not turn loose of and i know it it puts a cap on some ass you yep. know some dimensions of the business and and there's i hit a point where i'm like okay i would actually prefer to 
keep the responsibility because I like doing that or because I think it's worth doing it the way I do it or blah, 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 blah. Um, but you, you got to look in the mirror when you have that conversation with yourself. Well, yeah. and it's understanding, you know, what is your vision for the company? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Initially, people start with, oh, my vision is I want to make X revenue, you know, annual revenue, monthly recurring revenue, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But is that really the vision for the company? I look more, all right, so what am I able to do with it? And what is our output and how, what is the impact we're having on our clients or on the the world? Mm -hmm. Which is, you know, if I can grow my time on target piece where I can funnel that into scale success champions, networking more with my, my uh, business partner slash client. So we can help more people network more effectively. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. You know, that's, that's achieving the vision for the company. Nice. And do I need to have, you know, do I need to have a 400 person agency to do that? No, I don't think so. Nor. And I'm pretty sure I don't want a 400 person agency. Uh, I suspect you so, probably don't. Yeah. So, you know, uh, there are people, Gary V likes it. I, that's not my thing though. Yeah. Yeah. And, and having worked at large companies in, in a military, large, large, large organization, yep. like it's a different thing. Uh, like Dunbar's numbers, very realistic thing. Like yep. there's a ceiling where you go, ah, geez, who are these people? <laughs> yeah, totally. And for me, if I can do uh, you know, five to 10 million in annual revenue with mm-hmm. 10 to 15 people, yeah. perfect. I'm, that's going to be awesome because that'll okay. give me freedom to do what I need to do and uh, keeps, uh, I can pay my, my employees really well and yeah. I can then work on other stuff that has a big impact. So nice. Nice. Great thing. Well, uh, if, if someone's hunting for your company, Kevin, they go to time on target with dashes in between the words, right? Correct. Time dash on dash target.com. We've got a dash in our domain and I'm used to it, but I see people fumble it and I'm like, Sorry, all the other URLs were yeah, taken. Exactly. I wanted the other one, but it's gone. Yeah. I get emailed about once a year. Would you like to buy this URL for fifteen thousand dollars? No. No thanks. I don't. Yeah. I'm good. Thanks. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so. good. Thanks. Well, cool. Well, let's wrap up. My guest has been Kevin Snow, founder of Time on Target. Kevin, pleasure speaking with you, and thanks for making the time. Yeah, it was awesome. I had a great time, Matthew. I, I love doing this. So thanks, Bye-bye. Matthew. Bye. Hi, Dr. Matthew Dunn here. Thank you so much for listening to The Future of Email. If you're an email industry exec or marketer and you're interested in being a guest, please apply at campaigngenius.io slash futureofemail. If this interview was useful for you, please consider sharing it. Grab a screenshot and post it and text it and, of course, email it to your friends. If you know someone who you think would be a good guest, tag them in your post and include the hashtag future of email. I really appreciate seeing guest suggestions. It helps us a ton to keep the show interesting. We do put out new episodes and new content fairly regularly. To keep up, I would suggest subscribing. Your sharing, your rating, your reviews are the key to promoting to the show and they mean a ton to me and to the team here. If you want to know more, go to our website, campaigngenius.io slash future of email or Follow me on LinkedIn. Search for Dr. Matthew Dunn. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.